0: 7, and today, you know, we gotta do it to him. We're we're hitting up Dead Rising 2. After doing Dead Rising 1, I uh, jumped right into Dead Rising 2, and actually I was playing it before then, so let's just get right into it. So, this may or may not be, (coughs) like, longer or shorter, because, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between the the two games, so I don't have to take as much time explaining the basic combat and all that, so... So I guess I'll just start where they're the same and where they're different. Same basic combat rules apply. Pick up a weapon, hit a zombie. Depending on the type of weapon, they die quicker, easier. Sometimes they don't die at all. Sometimes I don't know, like a you pick up like a, a foam finger or something doesn't kill them. So that's pretty much the same. And the other similarities are there's a 72 hour mode, which is the main mode that you have to play it on, and it's called, or and it's uh, the three days, or yeah, the three day system, where you have three real time days. So you could start the game, play it for three days without doing any missions, and the game just ends. So that's a three three day 72 hour mode. And there's also similarities. <throat> similarity is there is an overtime mode and there is not, I believe, a, a endless mode like the first one. So that's, that's a difference. And some other differences are in this game, they added a new system where you can combine two, two weapons that can be combined and uh, they'll make a combo weapon. It's like the big selling point of this game was being able to combine weapons. So, and it's not like you can pick every weapon up and combine them. There's certain weapons that can only be combined to make certain things. And once you figure those out, you get you get scratch cards, which are like this kind of uncolored red and white version of a combo card. And a combo card is you get those for saving certain survivors, leveling, getting, reaching a certain level, or just finding them out in the world, like looking at a movie poster, like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you get a combo card. But if you find... Find a combo weapon before you find the combo card. You get a scratch card. And the combo card, I believe, once you have that unlocked, it gives you more uh, PP, which is the experience points. Same as PP, that's the same thing as the last game. Oh, and in this one, you don't, you're do not you not a photographer in this game because you're a different character. Uh, you play as Chuck Green, which is – he's a motocross guy, so he's not really – he's not a camera, so there's no point in having a camera system built into this game. There will be one later on when we talk about off the record, but that'll be in a separate uh, podcast. So, all right. So, st- some of some of the story here. I know last episode I kind of went really hard on the story, like explaining everything about it. So I'll I'll just try and give some uh, cliff notes here about what happens. I'm not going to go super into every mission. So here it goes. Chuck Green is the character you're playing as, and he goes to Las Vegas, well, Fortune City, which is what is pretty much Las Vegas. And uh, they have a game show hosted by Tyrone King, which is one of the main bosses of the the whole thing. Tyrone King, he's the host of this game show where they hire people to kill zombies for entertainment. Because there's still all these zombies left over from the first outbreak. So they kill all the zombies. And like points like a game show. like Points are added up and everything. And Chuck Green has to go there because he needs to make money for his daughter. Because she has been bitten in, the, in uh, the Las Vegas outbreak, I think. She has been bitten by her own mother. And that's why Chuck Green is out to find some more Zombrex. Because Zombrex is the drug that we found out at the beginning of the Dead Rising 1 when Frank got bit. And then he had the, they somehow magically whipped it up in a mall. Well, now it's a commercial drug. And like most drugs, especially in America... They're way expensive, so you need to make a lot of money to get them. So that's going to be your crutch in this whole story is every day at between 7 and 8 your daughter needs Zombrex. And you need to find her Zombrex throughout the casinos and everything in the Fortune City area to find her Zombrex. And that will happen once a day. So after you do this, you get a cutscene where somehow, some way, the zombie outbreak starts like someone blew up the holder, the holding cages for the zombies, and they just outbroke into the Fortune City area. You get to the safe house after <clears throat> so you sprint out of the arena where you're doing your game show. You get to the safe house, and you watch uh, – you're watching the TV or whatever, and it's fi- it, you find out that someone has framed you. Because someone was wearing your stadium or your stage outfit or whatever it was, your uh, motocross outfit. And they blew up the thing, and they released that footage to the news, framing you for it. And the woman that's watching it with you, her name is Stacy Forsyth, and she is a uh, – what's she called? A uh, she's I guess she's a leader. I don't know if she's a leader, but she is a member of the Cure Group, which is a protest group saying that zombies are just people that need to be cured, that type of thing. So she's all up in arms about why you would do that, and then your whole main goal of the story is to discover the truth and clear a name. So in the first game, you were frank, and you were trying to discover the truth and let people know what really happened. In this game, you're trying to discover the truth and clear your name because you're convicted or you're not convicted, but you're a criminal up until you do that. So after you... (coughs) You figure that out. You go meet this reporter in one of the hotels there. And then after that, you, you, you discover that Tyrone King is playing a part in this outbreak. And while the outbreak's going on, he's having his men rob the banks around Fortune City because they're casinos, and every casino there's a bank, at least all the big ones. So he's robbing all the banks, and then you stop his plans from doing that, from uh, robbing the banks. And then he tries to escape so you – this is pretty cool, uh like little little uh, bit of gameplay here. You're fighting a helicopter that's winched to the roof because, like, he's trying to take off, and you – there's some reason there's a winch on the roof, and you hook the winch to the helicopter. So the helicopter can only move a certain way, and it's flying around in a circle trying to hit you and run you over. But then you – uh after that, you – and the, the way to kill the helicopter just for – uh, if you guys are stuck's sake, you just throw objects into the propellers. Like you hit the winch to bring it down closer to you, and you just throw objects into propellers, and then that uh, that brings the health of the helicopter down significantly. But uh, after that, you... Uh, T.K. is hurt, so you take him in. And then you take him into the safe house, and he's laying up on a bed, and you're asking him why he's doing all that stuff. And then you... You fight, uh, or no, you uh, something happens and the zombies are let in. Like someone opens the door to the safe house and the zombies let, are let in. So you have to hack the main wall panel and close the door off, kill all the zombies. And once you do that, cutscene starts and it's TK. He's trying to, and TK is Tyrone King, the host. So I'll just refer to him as TK, TK, because that's what they do in the game. TK is trying to run, run away from the safe house because he knows that he's in trouble and he gets bit by a zombie. So now he's laid up in the bed, bit by a zombie. And you have to choose whether to give him Zombrex or to let him turn. And if you don't give him Zombrex, you will not get the the overtime best ending. So you need to give him Zombrex eventually. And I'm probably skipping over a couple bosses here that aren't really uh, that... Uh, I mean, they're in the story, but they're not like, oh, if I, if I, for- I forgot that, then... This story doesn't make any sense. So, again, I'm trying to sum this up and not spend as much time as I did last time. So after he gets bit, you realize that something's going on, and this is when the third-day event happens during the game. And I said before that every day on that third day something happens. And on the third-day event, gas comes up. The military arrives as the gas is coming up out of the ground, and the gas mutates the zombies that are on the vents. and makes them stronger. Uh... Faster and like more aggressive, so and there's this gas everywhere. So, your whole goal is to find out where the gas is coming from and how to shut it off. So, you go find where the gas is coming from, you shut it off, and then the reporter gets taken by this crazy military guy. You go fight a boss battle with him, which we'll talk about all the psychopaths here in a few, but you'll fight the boss battle with him, bring the reporter back to the safe house. And then you figure out who actually let the – who actually was a part of this. And it was the guy, uh, the police officer that was in charge of the whole – which I probably should have said at the start. His name Sullivan. He's in charge of the whole safe house. Like he's the one that's like, all right, we're on lockdown. No one's coming in or out. And he he hates you from the beginning because he knows that your daughter's sick or your, your daughter needs medicine, and he's afraid that she'll turn any minute. So he uh, he's the one that released it because he's working with Phenotrans, which is the zombie – or the Zombrex-making company, and they need queens to make the Zombrex. So they released this gas because these gas attract more queens to these buffed-up zombies. So the whole thing was this Phenotrans was trying to collect a bunch of bees to make zombies, and they needed a big outbreak to get more zombies so they can get more bees. So it's kind of like a twisted, like we're doing this to help, but we need more stuff to help the ones that are infected now, kind of thing. And the uh so you you find out it's him, and you gotta track him down to the top of this building. And you have a, a pretty lackluster boss fight. I want to say it's not as like they try to they try to remake the one before the first game where you're the hel- when you're on the helic when you're on the tank and you're fist fighting the army guy. Well, this one is. Uh, it's it's kind of lackluster, and it's kind of cheap, to be honest with you. But you fight Sullivan on this roof, bare hands, because if you try to hit him with a weapon, somehow he'll just grab it and throw it off. And the end of the fight happens where he uh, he hooks the uh, – or he, the helicopter's coming or something like that, and he gets hooked to the ground, and he gets ripped apart, and that's how he dies. Like you hook him to the ground, and he gets ripped apart. So if you – this is when, if you if you didn't give TK Zombrex, you would get, uh, I think it's ending A. And, like, the helicopter's coming to pick you up. You found out what the main cause is, so you got your name covered. And uh, you found out what actually happened, but TK is a zombie now. And so, as you're leaving, Katie drops her bag in the elevator, so you go back to the elevator, and uh, the zombie TK jumps on Chuck, and... Katie's your daughter, by the way. And jumps on Chuck, and... Then it fades to black, and that's the end. And this is actually... Uh, people believe this to be the canon ending, because there's a Case West that came out, like a DLC, which I didn't play, because I don't have access to it. Because I'm I'm playing the re-release, and I'm pretty sure it's not on there. But uh, it's pretty much just Chuck and Frank team up to find more out about the Phenotrans. But... The reason why people think it's the canon ending because at the start of Case West, it's when Chuck is fighting uh, uh, TK in the elevator, and then Frank helps him, and that's it picks up from there. So people think that's canon because everyone loves Frank, you know. But the uh, actual overtime ending is you give Tyrone the TK, the Zombrex, and then as you're getting on the helicopter with all the survivors you get a message from TK that he has captured Stacy, which is kind of your semi-love interest, but it's not really, they don't really talk about it. But you do hug at the end of the game, so it's kind of implied. And the, uh, what was I going to say? And the, uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, in the overtime mode, the thing, and see, so if you give him the Zombrax, he'll kidnap Stacy and your kid, and then you have to go do, like this first game, you have to go do, do a bunch of collecting, and, uh, cause he wants a bunch of stuff to get him scot-free, so you do this bunch of collecting, and then you go fight him <clears throat> in, the, in the arena rafters, and this is a, you, you show up, or he kidnaps you, then brings you there, and then you have no weapons, no healing items, so it's just fists, but there are weapons around the arena to pick up and fight him, which I would recommend the, uh red crowbar because that's uh what I used and it was pretty good. So not red crowbar. Red giant wrench. Hold the X ex- the attack button and it'll do some pretty good damage. But after that you you throw him down to the pit of zombies, save Stacy and your girl and you fly off into the sunset and that's the main ending. Or the overtime ending the true ending. So that's that's the story pretty much summed up as far as the story goes. I, mean, I think it's a lot more interesting than the first, being, I said B-movie B, B movie a lot, B-zombie movie a lot in the last one, but this one's just more, there's a lot of twists and turns, especially if you haven't heard it before. So, I mean, the story's, story's pretty good in this one. Uh, my overall gameplay experience in this one is way, way better than the first. I mean, this is a, it's a newer game, still kind of old, but it's newer than the first, so the typical graphics and stuff look pretty good. And the, the changes, the big changes, I think, are the AI. Uh, the AI is significantly improved in this one, and it makes the getting survivors easy. Like, as I said in the last one, I was telling you some behind-the-scenes stuff. I beat it, forgot some survivors, then I beat it again to get all the survivors because the AI was so much better. So from there, i want to go into some pros and cons that the game uh, offered me. Uh, some of the pros... Or that, I mean, it's just fun to play, and uh, the good, that the story is not too distracting, and it's just it's there to do its purpose. And I kind of like Chuck. I know people, this is not a common uh, idea to have, but I like Chuck. It's a nice, refreshing difference in character. Like, he's not so, he says a couple one-liners here and there, but he's always, like, mostly stout and serious, because, I mean, it's his daughter. That he has to get medicine for. So it's like, okay, I I understand that he's upset and mad all the time because he, his daughter, he has to worry about his daughter. And that kind of gives you like a a second dimension to his character because he has a daughter he has to take care of other than Frank where he's just there for a story. He, or he has to clear his name, find the facts. Oh, and by the way, your daughter's going to turn into a zombie every day if you don't help her. So, I mean, that's the kind of good stuff about the game. And uh, I kind of went over that pretty quick for the pros, but just know in my mind the pros outweigh the cons, but my cons list is uh, longer because I have to go into more depth on certain things. So starting off with the cons, on the re-release, I don't know what it was, but the re-release version, the HD re-release, it crashed over and over again. Luckily, it, for me, it crashes like after I've already saved, after a big story event. So, I didn't lose that much progress. But I could imagine, like, if you were not saving as much as you should have, then you would lose a lot of progress. And it, it crashed a ton. I would say at least once a play, like, once a, because uh, I played this over a few days. So, once a day, it crashed. So, it's kind of, that's definitely a con. And I would, uh, advise, I, I would advise you to save as much as you can if you're playing on a HD re release. Uh,. Another con is that third day event I talked about, how most of the games during that third day, something changes to make the gameplay. Well, at this point, you should have already explored everything that you could, but once this happens, it makes exploring super annoying. Because the zombies will... For one thing, the zombies don't go down in normal hits like they would. Plus, there's this green fog everywhere that's really annoying to look at. So... I would say get your exploring done before that third day happens. And gonna, once that third day thing happened, I just ran through the story because I was sick of seeing those zombies everywhere. But the game does give you plenty of time to explore. so Don't think you have to rush to know in that third day when that happens if you're going along with the story. Just know that once that happens, you'll want to get through the story as fast as possible because there's super annoying, especially when you got survivors to save. And there's at least... Two groups of survivors you have to save while that's happening. Uh, for new players, zombrex can be a pain, but for me, since I know where all the hidden zombrex is, because how zombrex works is there's these um, there's these pawn shops set up by these looters, and you have to pay actual money that you win gambling during at the casinos for zombrex. And zombrex starts at twenty five thousand, and then your next buy goes up to fifty thousand. And then it goes up to it goes up twenty five thousand every buy, and you need at least four. But if you're getting the survivors, you need more because some survivors need zombreaks. So I would say somewhere between seven and eight range that you're safe. But you can easily find like free ones everywhere. So, but they're hidden in places, and if you don't know where they're hidden at, then that can be a pain for new players. But for me, it wasn't a problem. So, I put that in the cons list because Zombrex can be annoying, especially when you have to get it and then you have to run all the way back to the safe house to give it to your daughter in, in time, otherwise, she dies and that ruins your playthrough. I mean, you can still play, but you won't get the best ending because your daughter's dead. And uh, I throw this in the cons because, I mean, this is a trope for all the games, but I'll throw it in the cons anyway. Uh, once you find one or two best combo weapons, you'll stick to those combo weapons and you will not. Uh, veer often very much unless you're just uh testing stuff out. But the ones I stayed with are the laser sword, which is a uh a thing of gems and a lightsaber or in a uh flashlight and it makes a lightsaber type weapon, and uh defiler, which is a a uh, sledgehammer and a axe put together and it makes like a double sided axe, axe sledgehammer type deal and it does super damage. The defiler. Is the best weapon for damage, I think, in the game. And knife glove, which gives you, like, boxing gloves and knives. Gives you, like, Wolverine gloves, or claws, which are cool. And I just love Wolverine, so I always use those when I can. And <coughs> lastly, I think this is last of my cons. Let's see. Uh yeah. Survivors. Some survivors, anyway. Hidden survivors. Specifically, there are hidden survivors in this game. That sucks. I told you I had to play it twice because I didn't. I didn't know about the hidden survivors. Like there's a whole thing of survivors I didn't even know about until I played through this game. It's like the Tape It or Die gang. It's like an internet thing, but they're hidden underneath one of the stores, and you have to find them. And then you can't save them until later on when it's that third day thing, and those souped up zombies are coming at you, which is super annoying. And uh, <clears throat> if you're bad at card games. This, this can fall under cons too. If you're bad at card games like Texas Hold'em, poker, uh, then it can be a pain because some survivors will only come with you if you beat them all in poker. I know it's kind of dumb, but it's a video game. So, but there are things like the magazines that came back in this game, and there are gambling magazines this time. If you get all three gambling magazines in your inventory, so you have to sacrifice three inventory slots, but it makes playing poker super easy, and you'll pretty much win every time. And that's also how you get money by playing slot machines with the gambling magazines in your uh, inventory. That's how you get it money for zombies if you need to buy them. So it's not that too bad of a thing. <coughs> Alright, so like last time, I'm going to go through the uh, psychopaths. And this uh, list is again from fandom.com, deadrising.fandom.com. And the list will be the order in which they, they first appear. So it's not like the order of the fights, but it's the order in which they first appeared. and I'll talk to you about their fights and stuff as, as we go along. Uh, Tyrone King, of course, is TK. We know how that turns out. You fight them on the top of the arena. Amber Bailey and Crystal Bailey, these are uh, – I don't know if they're twins. I guess they kind of are. Yeah, they are twins. That uh, They're bodyguards of TK, and there's a point where uh, – The reporter goes to meet her source, and these two are her source, and they kidnap her, and you got to fight them both at the same time. Their fight could be kind of annoying because the healing items all – it's in a nightclub, so all the healing items are uh, alcohol. And if you drink too much alcohol, your guy starts to throw up, and he'll drop his weapon in his hand when he's throwing up, so it's kind of annoying. So I would suggest bringing in a bunch of OJ and coffee creamer so you could not have to worry about that. And their their attacks are pretty basic. They one of them runs around when the other one tries to hit you. And if you get one of their health down, then the fight's over. You don't have to kill both of them. <coughs> another loot or another psychopaths kind of is like there are mini psychopaths are called looters. They're all around the mall or the malls and the uh, casinos rather. And these are the same guns that are running the pawn shops. But if you find them out in the world that are not in the pawn shops, they'll attack you. They're just the uh, they're kind of like the cultists, but, uh, they're not very scary in this one, and, and you don't have to worry about them kidnapping you or anything. But, though they, they will spray you with spray paint, and, uh, if they catch you that way, they'll strip you of all your stuff, and you'll spawn in the nearest, uh, the nearest bathroom. But it's not as terrible as the last game. <coughs> Excuse me. These are one of the, uh, this is one of the first psychopaths that you'll face, I believe. His name's Ted Smith. And he has a uh, a tiger with him called Snowflake. And this is uh, in the Yucatan Casino, which is one of the main casinos of the game. And this is the first one you'll run into, so this fight is pretty easy, especially if you have a defiler. And a special thing about this, if you do not hit Snowflake during the fight, and near the end of it, Snowflake will just be running around after Ted Smith does his death rattle, says his last words. And uh, if you throw meat to Snowflake... Snowflake will be a survivor and you have to to get all survivors you have to save Snowflake and the throwing the meat thing can be kind of iffy like you have to drop on the ground run around wait for it to get hungry then it eats it and also throughout the game you collect gifts for your daughter and you get special uh, XP bonuses for delivering all these gifts to her and Snowflake counts as one of those those gifts and in order to get all the gifts and get the achievement for it you have to give Snowflake Next is Leon Bell, which is one of the uh, contestants that uh, was in the thing with Chuck Green where they – at the very beginning of the game where you fought – you killed zombies for points and all that. He's gone crazy, and he's running over survivors outside, and you have to – you kill him like he's on his bike, and he can be kind of difficult, but you can easily get him trapped on corners and stuff and use your defiler again and just wreck him, and once he dies – He'll give you access to bike customizations where you can put chainsaws on bikes and everything. Pretty cool. Next is uh, Brandon Whitaker, and he's a member of the Cure that has gone insane. And he's in a bathroom and he has a woman captured there. And his fight is he'll uh, he's in a bathroom with stalls, like a bunch of stalls. So he'll jump in a stall, he'll then he'll jump out and attack you. Then he run to another stall, they jump out of a different stall and attack you. But once he once you kill him. You can save the survivor, pretty easy stuff. And uh, Anton Thomas, he's a crazy chef guy, and he has a survivor trapped in the cooler. And his fight is kind of unique because he'll, uh, if you damage him enough, he'll run to a stack of food, and he'll start eating it and get his health back, so you have to stick with him the whole time. Next is Brent Ernst. Is that it? No, Ernst. Brent Ernst. And this is Slappy. This is probably the most memorable boss. He is a, uh... Kind of a nerdy, nerdy guy that's in a costume. A Slappy costume. It's like a kid's thing in this universe. <coughs> and, uh... His new girlfriend, or... The Slappy's girlfriend in the costume world, like, is dead. And he's choosing what to be his first date or whatever. And, uh... She was killed by zombies, and, she, and he realizes, and he's gone insane after that, but then he looks and sees who you are when you find him, Realizes you're the guy that started this, according to the news. So he attacks you. <coughs> and, uh, gosh, got something in my throat. And he, uh, he's the most famous one because he does, like, a little jump scare thing at the end. Like, you kill him. Kind of similar to the the shopping cart guy in the first game. Like, you kill him. And then he uh, sits up and goes, Don't worry, kids. Everybody loves Slappy. And, yeah, then he does. That's his death rattle. Next is Randy Tugman. This is like a, a weird virgin guy that has a giant chainsaw, and he's making this woman marry him. And he's covered in, like, BDSM outfits and everything, and he looks the part of a typical, like, neckbeard reddit lord. And he, uh... You have to kill, he's pretty fast for his size, and, again, the father all the way, baby, wrecks him pretty good, and after he dies, you get his chainsaw, and you get to save the girl that he's trying to marry. Next is Carl Schiff, Schliff, and he's a uh, crazed postal worker. Again, sees that your Chuck attacks you. (coughs) And, uh, after that, he, uh, well his attacks are, he has a shotgun, and then once you try to get close to him, he throws a bomb, like a package, like a postal worker, throws a bomb, and tries to blow you up, and he's, like, this takes part in like, the first area closest to your safe house, so, it's not that big of a deal, if you die, you can just, as long as you have a save, just spawn a safe house, fight him again, but he, uh, after you kill him, you get a free Zombrex, which is pretty good if you're low on Zombrex. Next is Seymour Redding, which is a, uh, he's like a security guard that's gone crazy in the hotel where you first meet the reporter, but he spawns there afterwards on day three before the souped-up zombies come, and, uh, his fight, I mean, he's, like, hanging people, which is strange. Like, I guess he's just thinking that, uh, like, he's kind of coming to an Old West Sheriff type deal. So he's hanging people that are zombies, like, I guess, or... And he can't save any of these people. These are scripted people that die. But his fight is pretty lackluster, but his ending is pretty cool. He falls on a chain, like a circular saw made for cutting wood. He falls on that and dies. It's pretty... Pretty gruesome, but I mean, pretty deserving because he's sitting there hanging people. And uh, he drops a uh, like in his boss room. There always spawn a, a Colt, like a Colt pistol, and it's pretty, pretty damn, pretty damn good. Hotlock got a lot of ammo and it auto locks, and he can shoot it like a like a cowboy from your hip. It's pretty cool. All right, next we have these people. Y'all, y'all remember the convicts? Well, hey, now they got snipers, but this is different because once you kill them, they stay dead. First is the leader. His name is, uh, these, these are all like a pe- people of, uh, mil- military or militia. And they're your typical redneck guys talking about government this, government that. And, uh, they're shooting survivors because they're <coughs> easy targets and stuff. But all the fights are pretty much the same. You get on top of one of the casinos outside. Because this game has a big outside area, so you go on top of the roofs. They all have snipers. Again, <clears throat> Defiler pretty much wrecks here. The jumping attack with the Defiler does massive damage. And if you get close, they whip out a knife. They can be kind of hard if you're not realizing it. But they're, they're, they're super easy to cheese. So you have DC's a leader, which he doesn't do anything special. Then the rest of them. But he only spawns after you kill the rest of them. <clears throat> then you have Earl Flat, Flatterty, Flatterty, which, I mean, he's one of the Militia Guys. Johnny James, Militia Guy, and Derek Duggan, Militia Guy. Those are all the same fight, pretty much, just in different locations. The next, this is interesting. The next one is BB Love, and uh, she's like a crazed stage performer in one of the casinos that has a stage, and... So, here she's an aging pop star is clinging to her former glory. So, <clears throat> she wants you to first off, you have to show up in a tuxedo, and you have to give her a drink to quench her thirst or whatever. And then, after that, uh, you have to do this mini game, which I don't know if it was the real, real, real re-release or if it was just this. It's meant to be this shitty, but I failed this a couple times. And if you fail it, she blows up all of the survivors she has tied up in the back. But you have to... Uh, <coughs> you have to... It's like a... only way I can explain it is kind of like a... Uh, a rhythm game. Where it's like it shows up a screen, you have to hit the buttons as they scroll past. To set off the stage alarms and everything. And if you do all that... She becomes a survivor, and you can take her and all the other survivors back to the safe house, and she counts as a survivor, so you don't actually kill her, but she is a psychopath boss. Next two are pretty cool. I think they're kind of playing off of uh, – I think it's Penn and Teller, the magicians. One of them, whenever they did their act, one of them talked, one of them didn't. But this is Reed Walbeck and Roger Withers. Uh, Reed Walbeck has a uh, rocket launcher that shoots at you, and Roger Withers has two uh, like pirate swords. And uh, their whole thing was they were trying out news tricks and they were just killing people because the the saw like sawing them half kind of magic trick because they were messing up with it. So you see you catch them sawing some girl in half, then you fight them and kill them. Next is Dwight Boykin. He's a uh, he's one of the milit he's like the military leader that drove them in there, and he's the guy that you have to save the reporter from it and bring her back to the warehouse or the safe house. Next are two scientists <clears throat> that were in the uh, phenotrans thing underground, and they're not really boss battles, more of just like crazed survivors that you can't save, so they go down pretty easy. They don't they don't have cutscenes or anything, or there's one cutscene when you walk in on them, but they don't have like a death cutscene or anything. You just kill them. Peter Stevens and Mark Mark Bradson, they have pistols. Not a hard fight. Defiler all the way, baby. Alright. So that's a sucker pass. Uh, this time around, I think they realized like what people liked about psychopaths, and they they upped it pretty pretty good. I mean, I, I didn't go too f- to the detail of how good the cutscenes were, but they were all all pretty good aside from <coughs> the uh, militiamen, even though they had a cutscene it wasn't wasn't all that special. And yeah, but they I think they really honed in on what makes good psychopaths in this one. People may disagree, but that's my thoughts. Good psychopaths all around. As far as replayability in this game, that's got it down. That's the next thing to talk about on my list, so I'll do that. Uh, then I'll move on to some wrap-up wrap up thoughts. I'm not sure how. Let's check and see how long this recording is going. See if we're anywhere near. Nah, so we're about... 35 minutes right now, so maybe I'll take some time to do these wrap-up thoughts, because I like to shoot for closer to an hour, an hour than this, but I'm talking a lot faster this time, so... And there's less to talk about, since it's just a sequel, and most of the game mechanics are the same. So, uh, some wrap-up thoughts. The repellibility in this game is pretty good. Like I said, I beat it twice, just for this podcast alone. And, uh the main problem is, like, I would like a, a sandbox mode for this game. We do get a sandbox mode in Off the Record, which is what I'll talk about next podcast, Off the Record podcast. And, uh, yeah, but the sandbox mode in that is pretty cool, and I kind of wish it was, like, it was this, because I like Chuck's player model better. But, that will get more into that when I go into the Off the Record stuff. <coughs> but, uh, is pretty good. Like I said, I beat it twice. A lot more to explore in this one. It's a giant uh, Fortune City casino place. A lot of cool outfits, a lot of cool weapons to try out, even though, like I mentioned, there's that select few that you'll stick to. But yeah, this is a game I will probably go back to later on down the road, which I, I can't say that about Dead Wrestling 1, sadly. Uh, there's also a uh, kind of a pseudo-multiplayer that they added in. Like First off, you could play co-op with a friend. And it's kind of weird, because you'll, you'll just spawn as another Chuck, so you'll play the whole game as a friend, with a friend. And off the record, one of them will play Chuck, one of them will, will play Frank. But, uh, yeah, uh, <coughs> the multiplayer is just the, because it's just the Terror is Reality, which is the game show, which you'll just kill zombies for points. And uh it's kind of annoying, because... If you're trying to get all achievements, there are, are online achievements for this, which is a pet peeve I have in games, especially single-player games. They're, I wish people, I wish they would stop making all, online achievements in single-player games because then you can't complete the achievements, especially in games like, like this that are old and don't really have a player base anymore. So you'd have to get like four of your friends that all have the game to go and grind achievements, which is annoying. So my thoughts on games as a whole, like I said, I like this this game as a whole. I like this a lot better than the first one. I know it might be blasphemy. I like Frank better as a character, but I like Chuck just as much. He has more depth, I think, with his daughter and everything. Uh, overall, the game was improved, like I said. Only gripe I have is really that third or fourth day whenever the uh, zombies change, but that's just story stuff, and if you don't do any of the story, you could play three days straight without ever seeing them. So yeah, that's that's that for my experience on the game. I mean, it was it's fun. I had a blast playing it and this is definitely something I could go back to cuz I didn't do all the achievements like I said. Because there's uh some that are locked behind multiplayer and uh there's also some that are just grindy like kill 70,000 zombies or something. So that's not really something that I would do for this, but I could go, easily go back and grind it out if I wanted to cuz the game's just that fun. I mean, killing zombies—that's that's fun stuff. That's that's why this game is made to have fun, and it's not uh, it's not terrible. I definitely will go back to it. And since I still got off the record to play yet, which is just this game mechanics, but a shoehorned Frank storyline. So instead, it's like a what if scenario, like what if Frank was there during this outbreak instead of Chuck. It's pretty it's pretty weird thing that they did but I think they were just listening to the fans saying, we want Frank, we want Frank, whenever I was glad that we got a new character. Speaking of speaking of off the record, just dropped my phone there, e-haw. Speaking of off the record, uh, like I thought this one was going to go, this pod was going to go a lot longer than, uh, or uh, pretty much the same length as the last one, and we're getting about 40 minutes, so it's, it is kind of the same length, but I would expect my next pod... Uh, To be definitely, definitely, definitely shorter because off the record is just, like I said, it's just this game, but a shoehorn Frank storyline. So there might be a lot more story talk in that one. There's a whole other section unlocked called the Uranus Zone. He, 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 poop funny. And uh, it's called Uranus Zone. It's like a space area that's not in this game that they, like you can see it saying coming soon when you're out and about in this game. Like coming soon, Uranus Zone or whatever. And then this, like, it's being built. And then this is what it is whenever it's built. And so <clears throat> that, that that probably will not be as fun for me going through that game because some cutscenes scenes are changed. Like, it's all voice acted different. So And they had the original voice actor for Frank, which is good. And some, so it's all voice acted different, so there's a difference in voice acting. But some of the cutscenes scenes are just, like, word for word the same so it's going to be kind of the same game. But some of them are drastically changed because they added the camera mode back in there. And the, the ending boss is different. And, uh... So there is stuff to talk about, but it's probably mostly story differences. And, uh, I think that's pretty much uh it for my Dead Rising 2 thing. I know I kind of blew through this pretty quick, but like I said, there's not a whole, uh... A whole lot different as far as game mechanics go, so I didn't focus too much on that. I'm going to go through my notes one more time, quick glance over, see if I didn't miss anything. So I talked about the similarities and differences, yeah. Check. Story, check. Gameplay experience, check. Pros and cons, check. Uh, Psychopaths, check. I don't, that's another thing, I don't know how many... Uh, I guess I could go count them, but that'd be a tedious thing to do right now, live on record. See yeah, what the difference is in the number of psychopaths. I feel like there are more in this game, but they may be the same, maybe a little bit less. I don't know. All I know is the sacro- or the psychopaths in this one, I feel, are a lot more fun to play as, but I think it's just because of the game in general. It's a lot, a lot fun to play as in my book. So, yeah. If... Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this one. If you guys feel differently, let me know. Just, like as I said in the last one, just don't be an asshole. I mean, I'm up for a conversation like everyone else is. So just don't be an asshole or I'm just going to ignore assholes right out. And, uh, yeah. If you like what you like, shit, nice. If you like what you heard, just let me know. A review, a comment, tell me I'm a big old Bag of shit. I don't care. Just uh, leave me something so I know people are hearing this. And I appreciate it. Thank you.